Welcome to Women Winning at Work podcast. My name is Barka Herman. I interview women with successful careers in tech. Please like and share this episode and podcast, and do reach out to me if you or someone you know would like to be featured on my podcast. The best place to find me is on LinkedIn, Barka Herman. And now, without delay, please enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of Women Winning at Work with Barka Herman. And today I have a wonderful guest, Julie Rachel. Julie was, I think, to date, and I, some of you know I work at Microsoft. Julie has been my favorite manager. And yes, I did report to Julie for a while. And very excited to have her here on this podcast. So with that, Julie, do you mind introducing yourself? Uh, thank you, Barka, and, and thanks for those kind words. Uh, I appreciate you offering me this opportunity to share my story with others. M- my name's Julie Rachel. I'm Regional Director of Azure Cloud Solution Architects at Microsoft. So I lead a, a team of cloud solution architects that develop secure, scalable, resilient Azure architectures for Microsoft's enterprise customers. So Azure Cloud, I love working in it because it has amazing services from infrastructure, virtual machines, to analytics, to container services, all the cool tech. And me and my team uh, get to work with customers to understand their business challenges and pull the Azure services together to provide solutions to those. I'm also a wife, a stepmother, and a grandmother. As a woman, I I feel it's important for us to show both sides of ourselves. Yeah, true, true. Uh, Wonderful. Uh, Yeah, and I think that that's the hidden story of women in tech, right? That, yes, we are in a very uh, competitive and aggressive field, uh, very cutting edge. It changes a lot, but we're also taking care of the home front and, you know, family and all that good stuff. So thanks for bringing that up. Julie, I'd love to hear what your origin story is. So, you know, I'm, I'm a comic book nerd. So (laughs) I want to know everyone's origin story. So where did you start? How did you end up where you are today? Yeah, and I think as women in tech, we're all a little uh, geeky and nerdy at heart. So I was born and and raised in a community just outside Nashville, a suburb of Nashville, and I was the youngest of five children in my family. My dad was a truck driver, my mother a housewife. Uh, So I didn't grow up in the middle class. I was a little below that. And my fascination with computers started because my neighbor had a TRS-80 and he mm-hmm. let me come program and play on it. So much fun. <laughs> and then in high school, I met a teacher that was in our, our science department. He managed the computers, the VAX computers that managed the grades for students. So again, I talked to him into letting me uh, play around on it and help. And the next thing you know, I, I'm, I'm fixing code and uh, improving things for them. So that's where my journey started was was really in my early years. And it's never ended. And I'm so glad I just continue to, to learn new things and, and play with new tech. I went to uh, Tennessee Technological University in Tennessee and studied computer science, earned my Bachelor of Science in the early 90s. I was probably one of two women in my graduating class for, for that BS in computer science. I was also the first in my extended family to go to college. And I was able to do that because I got merit-based scholarships for my my hard work in high school and had to pay uh, to to have part-time jobs to pay expenses during (laughs) college. And luckily enough, that part-time job was at a a local lumber company where I was running their computers (laughs) for payroll and uh, expenses. So uh, 
in addition to the financial hurdles I had during college and learning and getting uh, men to see me as a colleague in college to help out uh, or brainstorm answers, I also had hurdles with my family support. As I said, I'm from Tennessee. So I remember when my parents moved me home from college, they came to pick me up. I was moving home to get started in my life. Uh, there was more disappointment than celebration. My mother thought I would find an engineer husband at college. She thought uh, <laughs> we, we went there to, to get husbands. And my dad just wanted to know how I thought I'd have dinner on the table for my family if I was working a corporate job. So after undergraduate school, I was offered a, a scholarship to the University of Tennessee grad school, but realized I couldn't support myself with just the graduate stipend. So I made a decision to go straight into the workplace mm -hmm. and went to Arnold Engineering Development Center. Uh, to this day, AEDC remains my favorite job. It was the coolest. I worked in a supercomputer center. Uh, we worked on wind tunnel tests. Uh, we did some really innovative things uh, for R&D. And I was hired to run the email and the basic backend office systems, but quickly learned there was a need uh, around our testing for the rocket test and the wind tunnel. Nice. And I started their first high performance computing center. So it, it's come in at one thing, find what the need is. If it's cool and a challenge, I go do it. Right? Wow. Uh, yeah. I also go ahead. No, no, I just wanted to say, wow, you know, I have a lot of questions, but I want to uh, want to have you finish your story. <laughs> OK, uh, I also met my husband there at AEDC. I started uh, dating a, a person over in the network uh, side of the house. And when we married, uh, we moved to Atlanta area together and I started working in telecommunications. Uh, so it's kind of a, an industry specialization of technology. And side note real quick there, my husband, John's an engineer. So my mother finally got her wish that I married an engineer. <laughs> so in Atlanta, I worked for Hitachi Telecom, then Cox Communications, Cable Labs, and eventually Cisco, all high-tech companies focused in the telecom industry. And my roles ranged uh, from administrators where I was running the back-end systems, running operations, and that's where I learned my network, hardware, storage, end of the technology uh, and eventually uh, became director of enterprise architecture at Cox Communications. Uh, there, I led the development of a, a customer personalization data strategy. This is where I started to get out of the tech and closer to the end customer. I was like, oh, this is cool. People need this. I can help do it and bring people together uh, to do that. So at some point, I felt that telco was becoming stagnant, at least to me. I kind of learned everything I thought <laughs> that I, I wanted to know. And I left Cisco and went to work for a couple of startups. Uh, the first one was out of Bath, England. And then a year later, when that didn't turn into gold, I worked for another startup out of London, England. And in these roles, I learned things like business development management, product management, and sales. Lots of listening to the customer and potential customers so I could develop a product with technology that could solve their real world business problems. Yeah. Of course, my most recent stop, that's where I'm at now, is Microsoft, where I started as a cloud solution architect and quickly made my way to director of cloud solution architects. I love my role because I get to manage high performing individuals. Uh, you know that because, like you said, you work for me and then deliver world class solutions to our customers. Yeah, no, well, what a journey. That's fantastic. And uh, so it's funny because I've known you for a while and I didn't know, you know, uh, about your family, that you were the first woman to go to, first person in your extended family. And the 
this is the this is the cool thing is I keep hearing these stories over and over again as I talk to you know interview more women. That's so cool. And you know, two things, right? It is. It was so much harder to break into this industry when you were starting out. When I was starting out, I remember times where I couldn't even explain to my mom what I was doing because she just it wouldn't land. Right? She wouldn't understand what was going yep. on, and she didn't see the uh, the potential at all. So that's one observation. And so fantastic. I mean, I'm so inspired by your career. How did you stay motivated through some of those uh, times when, you know, people around you were not as, like, especially family was not as enthusiastic? Yeah, um, strange as it is, in that day and age, my mom and dad didn't get the whole women in in tech thing. My grandmother, though, did. Uh, She was a a VP of customer service uh, at uh, what was previous before uh, Bank of America and and really pushed me and supported me to do anything I wanted to do. She thought there were no limits. So even though she was born in a different era, she wanted me to be the best I could be. So so her support along the way helped me. And then finding mentorships along the right. way, uh, finding other people who believed in me. I always tell young women, I was like, hey, you've got the support of your family. So you've got half of it there. I didn't have that. Um, things have changed. You have opportunity. So please take advantage of it. And, and it's funny you mentioned your, your mom not understanding. As time went on, right, my mom was really proud of what I became yeah. and my dad and they could see what I was becoming. But my mom would always ask those questions and I would try to explain to her what I do. And she passed away a few years ago and she was in hospice and I'm beside her and she goes, I still have no idea what you do for your job, Julie, but I'm so proud of you. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, same. My parents, it, it's not that they were not supportive. They wanted to support me, but they had no clue how. And they weren't sure about, like, you know, the 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 industry. So they they were like, "Is she doing the right thing?" I don't know. I can't <laughs> tell. So that's more uh, yes. the reason for the lack of support, right? The the questioning. One of the things that you uh, you did talk about is, uh, you know, your mom got her wish, and you did marry an engineer. It's funny how, and I see this again as a pattern emerging that women do tend to sort of. You know, even if we carve our own path, we do live up to everybody's expectations to a certain extent, <laughs> don't so we? True. <laughs> yes, we do. Okay. Uh, I would love to hear what was the hardest? What were the struggles? What was the biggest challenges? We talked about, like, I talked about, you know, your entire journey, but what was the toughest thing for you as a human being to deal with in your career as a woman in technology? Yeah, I think one of the hard things, and especially back 20-something years ago, right, was other people making assumptions about me, either where I came from or because I'm a female, I wouldn't have technical debt. It was even worse when I was a young woman in tech. So uh, when I mentor young women, I always feel for them. Uh, You know, I was 20 years old and just out of college working at Arnold Engineering and a vendor tech showed up to run fiber connections from the virtual circuit switch to the next building on campus with me, greeted him, took him to the the place we're going to run the cables. He handed me a notepad and asked me to take notes for him. Yeah, I explained to him if I was taking the notes, I wouldn't be able to help with the configuration on the switch. And he was confused because he had just assumed I was the admin assistant. Right. I had to explain, right. no, 
I'm the here, person here to configure it and help you run it, right? And then fast forward 20 years, and I, I showed up in an architectural design session with developers to help identify an issue in a product, right? I flew out there for this specific pur purpose, 12 attendees, I'm the only woman in the room. We kicked off and immediately someone asked me to take notes. Yeah. Instead of me having to speak up, the developer I'd worked with before chimed in and said, if Julie's taking notes, who's going to whiteboard the architecture, lead us through the data flow, and figure out the troubleshooting? After all, she's the one that led the design of the end-to-end -end architecture and is best qualified to lead us. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'll be honest, I've, I've, I've heard similar stories and I've heard stories like that. And I even have a friend who is a mentor, he's a few years older than me, and he gave me my first opportunity to speak as a woman in tech and all this stuff. And he never asks any woman to take notes, even if it's all pairs, <laughs> right? And and we take turns. He will never let. And <laughs> so he's the opposite <laughs> of that. If he's in the room, there's no woman taking notes. And I'm a control freak and I like to take notes. So I butt heads with them all the time. I was like, look, I know, I know what you're doing. And still, I like taking notes. So it's it's funny uh, that you share that story with me. But yeah, perception is a big, uh, big challenge. And yes, you know, I'm sure that uh, uh, most most women go through that. Uh, but yeah. And and you know it's it's we've come a long way, but I still I still face it from time to time. So I I can I can relate. Let's talk about the triumphs. What are some of the triumphs? Uh, in other words, what's good about being a woman in technology, being in a cutting edge field? Yeah, and I'm glad you call that out. So there, because there are so many great things about being a woman in tech. So many things. The tech field itself is amazing. It's always changing, so I can always be learning. That's kind of been my theme. I get get bored if things get stagnant, so I have to keep moving. And text the place to be. I, I get to work with amazingly smart people uh, that come together, collaborate, solving real world problems, and I love teamwork and collaboration. Uh, there are a lot of different roles in technology besides hands-on keyboard, right? Everyone thinks, oh, you must be in the, the back either putting together hardware or coding. And it's like, no, there, there's so much, like I said, from the business development all the way to the architectural design. And I, I love having the opportunity to do those different things and then meet others who are on that, that path. And there's also a, a lot of strong men <laughs> that I've come along that are supportive and allies of women. They usually have strong women in their lives, so they get us right away, right? And I, I love to stand next to them and work with them and, and them be supportive of us as well. Yeah, and, and I want to highlight that too. You know, uh, we talk about, at least I do, I talk about, you know, having a growth mindset and always learning. And I think that it's easy to do that in the tech field because it is cutting edge. People are open to new ideas, new thought. And so there's that built-in sort of growth and learning uh, that uh, that creates an environment where, you know, especially women in technology can thrive. So I, I love having that. And I love the point you made when I started out, I was the only woman in the room. So again, it was men supporting me, not all, but some men <laughs> supporting me that helped me get where I'm at. So, you know, it, it, it it's both ways, right? There are some men who will expect you to take notes and others will prop you up. 
Yes, so, absolutely. Love that. Love that. Do you have a message for uh, younger? I know you do a lot of mentorship work within Microsoft, uh, but if you had to, you know, to leave a message for, say, the 20 year old Julie uh, today, you know, what would you have to say to her? Yeah, um, with, with age comes wisdom, we hope, right? And <laughs> and so as I look back, I was like, goodness gracious, the 20-year-old the Julie needed help. So my <laughs> message would be, uh, don't fight so hard to be included and recognized. Just be, right? Just be is one of my mantras I do when I'm doing meditation or mindfulness. And my favorite book is, is called Play to Win, Choosing Growth Over Fear in Work and Life. And it, it's one I give a lot of my younger uh, mentees. And it, it was during uh, the early part of my career, uh, during the time I read this book, I realized my stress behaviors come out when I feel excluded and not recognized. And so I realized if I start from that place of fear, like people don't think I can do this, so I have to prove myself. I'm playing not to lose. And in that right. kind of situation, I can't win. So now instead, I try to have confidence and play to win, which makes things go smoother. It brings out the authentic Julie instead of the stressed Julie and things in more successfully. And after all, after 25 plus successful years in the technology world, uh, I probably can go in with confidence that I can do it. That's that's beautiful. That's such a wonderful message. Thank you for that. And then also, what would you like to promote? Where can people find you? Uh, is there any causes? If others want to uh, either get mentorship from you or somebody like you or mentor others, how do they go about doing all of that? I'm, I'm active out on LinkedIn, so look me up uh, there. Reach out. Please don't hesitate to reach out. I'm always happy to talk to people and Microsoft's always hiring. So I, I love to meet strong women looking uh, to, to do things in the tech field. And the other thing, uh, my cause that I do, uh, I work hard at, at Microsoft and in the world for allyship, right? I love the phrase diversity is being invited to the party and inclusion is being asked to dance. Make sure, my ask of everyone is make sure you're offering allyship to others in your day-to-day -day life. It's as simple as asking for their opinion in a meeting. If others are not being inclusive, making an effort to resolve it. Say, hey, you're speaking over her. Let's go back so I can hear what she has to say. It's not as widespread now as it was 20 years ago, but bias and assumptions still exist. It's so much easier when others support women as allies than when we have to speak up for ourselves in meetings. Trust me, I'm able to speak up and I, and I can do it if I have to. Uh, but things go smoother and people, I think, learn faster. So I, I ask everyone, find ways uh, to be allies. And if you need an ally, uh, reach out. I'm here. That's fantastic. That's beautiful. Is there anything else you want to promote uh, before we sign off? No. Nope. That's okay. it. Uh, well, thank you so much, Julie. Like I said, you know, you're you're my favorite uh, managers, and and that's kind of a a high praise because all my managers have been fantastic. So you still win the prize. And uh, <laughs> that's awesome. it, yeah, what a wonderful place uh, to work. And uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm really grateful having met you. And uh, being in rooms with you where we've discussed allyship and, you know, other topics like that. So it's very inspirational. And thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me.
I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Thank you so much for listening. Please like this episode and share it with someone you think that'll enjoy it. And do reach out to me on LinkedIn and connect. And also, if you would like to, please join my newsletter by visiting www.barkaherman.com. Thank you.